Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Sky Pirates Magical Mystical Podcast Away, the only podcast on the internet. All the crew here want to welcome you to the future, which has undoubtedly been overthrown by hideous rat people that have risen supreme from the sewers and powered by all the nuclear fallout that fell in the last decade. Today, taking the helm of Grand Captain Supreme is myself, Joel, the only captain to fail around the world in 80 days challenge twice. And joining me today on my left is the man-sized champion, the adult-sized terror, ladies and gentlefolk, the amazing Mr. Kevin Stott. Cowabunga! And to my left is the mighty hammer of video game justice, the gavel of pixel perversion, Mr. Max Damage. Chilla dilla, boys. <laughs> and finally to my left is the undying actor himself, the man who bested shingles just to write a scene for a musical about his own life, Mr. Jace K. I got shingles today! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, how are we doing, boys? Supremely. Excited. I'm incredibly depressed. <laughs> why, why is that? Why are you depressed? I only have five video games to put on the list. I wish I could put all of them on. <laughs> That's fair. Every game. a lot of video games. Ever. Every That's game true. this year. Wait, all the games this year or games just... No, just every game. Just every game. That's fair Pac-Man, enough. Pac-Man, Space War, and Pong are my top That's three. That's fair, fair enough. Did fair you enough. see that, uh, that Pac-Man bracelet thing? Yes. No. Oh boy! Oh yeah! It's like it's a bracelet that you wear, and then you can play. It's like you can play Pac-Man on an iPad by like motion controls, where you you use your arms like like you're pretending to be like an alligator mouse. Oh, there's this excellent there's this excellent infomercial like with children. It's like a Tim and Eric bit, and there's this voiceover (laughs) that's like some '80s like action figure commercial shit that says like activate pac-man <laughs> and, and it's so wait is is this game for like <laughs> ios devices with a watch that's what it looked like with a watch so that's there's nuts. nothing that screams there's nothing that screams dickhead more than uh <laughs> doing a uh, pac-man hand on the train or a train, <laughs> you know what are you talking well, about I think you need to you have to put you're gonna have to put you're gonna have to put the device down or something because you're not gonna be able to carry it because you're you're moving your hands around. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's such a weird like thing, peripheral I, to have. I, I saw that in my YouTube subscriptions this morning, and I genuinely thought it was a fake video. I thought it was yeah. a joke. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Oh man, this is hopefully this year will be uh, an era which uh, brings in. A whole bunch of new peripherals, such as like the the Virtual Boy and the Pac-Man bracelet. Mm. We can only hope, right? I'd love yeah. a resurgence of watch-based games. That'd be no. great. Oh man, I had this all. Like, I've still got it somewhere, but like since re- recently moving, I don't know where it is. But the old Casio had game watches, and I had one called Space Warrior, where it was a uh, really kind of uh, simple shmup where you you have like. Uh, up and down button, and you press them twice to shoot uh, at the enemies that are flying from one screen of the on the other side of the screen of the watch, and it's really cool. I want more it's stuff like that. pretty solid. What about yeah. a Sonic game where you have to like put on a Sonic costume and run? And you've got like one of those like uh, <laughs> pedometer trackers that just checks how how far you uh, go and how many times you rescue one of those little creatures. Yes, and then you have to go into a jewellery uh, shop and steal rings. <laughs> and, life up and go to the special zone. The special zone is prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. So, have we? what have we been doing? Anything special so far? Oh. 
I got my start as an investigative journalist. Nice, fantastic work. Kevin's been trying for years. Uh, he he tried to join the police academy many times, but uh, I think he went into the preconception that police academy was actually going to be like pre- police academy the movie. But no. um, how how what what else is it supposed to be like? How am I supposed to know if I'm fed all this misinformation? <laughs> wow, there's no actual movies depicting the greediness of it. <laughs> Did anyone have a good New Year's? What did you all do? Yeah, well, um, I had a bit of a kind of like a thing at uh, a house that we're house sitting, had some drinks, played some fun games. Kevin rocked up at a very early hour and mm-hmm. it was mayhem until we were, the fun came off. I was at a different party. You know, you're at a, at a hip Melbourne party when you hear people arguing about uh, <laughs> whether they should regulate Uber um, and coffee. Absolutely. We were there for New Year's and then I was we looking on the maps and was like, oh, it's only going to take like 15 minutes to get to Joey's. And it took like 40 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. But we got there and then we had a good time. That's good. We, did. we played um, some Jack party, uh, Jackbox Party Pack Ooh. number two. That yeah, that's good cool. games. I'll talk to about that a little bit later. But yeah, there's some fun games on it. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you want to have like a light gaming hilarity session with some friends mm. so yeah what about you jess um well I, I i went to a friend's place and we just kind of you know played games like cards against humanity that was fun but at some point our friend from scotland gave us a call and we we talked to her on the telephone and we started playing keep talking and nobody explodes across <laughs> the phone, which made it way more intense and scary because no one could hear you properly Really, just drunk, and it was realism mode. That's what that is. Yeah, (laughs) it's a dream come true. Yeah. Did it get to a point when you were playing uh, card games and such where just it just wouldn't work? Because I know before Kevin got to our party, uh, I was trying to play a couple card games with a couple of drunk people, and it just would not work. Mm. They had no idea what was going on for about 10 rounds and before they gave up. I mean, that'll happen with like a lot of the more, you know, intricate uh, card games or board oh, games where did, did, you just have were regular you old Net people. Runner? <laughs> yeah, we were playing Netrunner. No, we were playing uh, Gang Up where all you need to know is the value of a card and the value of a crime. Huh. Okay, so if I was drunk, you would have lost me at value. <laughs> <laughs> Fair call. Yeah, Fair I, call. I actually had a couple of people around here and we... Yeah, there was some drinks, and we were playing a little game called Fun Employed, which is one of those uh, sort of party games that involves uh, sort of roles. It's oh yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, it's really funny, and it works seamlessly if you're drunk because I think I think it really helps if there's no numbers involved. Sure. Yeah, well, a game like that's like just kind of like improv prompts, and then you yeah, vote. yeah, exactly. How, how does it work? Well, it's sort of, you have two decks. Um, One is a job deck, and so someone will get a job, it'll say, like, uh, we need a magician, and that person basically takes interviews from everyone else who gets, I think it's four cards from a traits deck, and the traits will be things like um, uh, deep or, oh, I'm thinking of really bad words right (laughs) now, I can't think of anything. Um, but there'll be, like, sort of funny traits, and you'll say, like, oh, I'm, you know, really emotionally, uh, interesting, and then you'll put down the deep card or something, I don't know. 
Right. It makes more sense when you're drunk, actually. That's <laughs> yeah, fair call. We got to um, one of those games that we were playing, uh, I guess, New Year's Day, right? With yeah. With uh, Scrimmish. We got to play Scrimmish a lot because we went to this like cafe that didn't serve us food for roughly around an hour. We didn't get the food, but during the meantime, while we were trying to wait, we were playing Scrimmish, which is this uh, two-player... Uh, how would you describe it, Kevin? Um, it's weird. It's like a, it's like a strategy, but it's also <laughs> just sorry. memory. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, can I just interrupt for a second? I'll let yeah. you, I'm, I'm picturing Scrimmish. I've never heard of it before, but when I hear the word Scrimmish, I picture this game, and you said you were playing it out in public, where everyone has to wear like those kind of skin-tight onesie suits, and they all have to doggy <laughs> no, no, file each other. We did. Maybe, maybe that's why we, we weren't being served. Yeah. <laughs> You all just have to get up in a big old doggy pile, and was, you just have to go <laughs> scrimmish, and then it just starts <laughs> at any time in the day. It's exactly not what it's like, but uh, everyone has to take their suit out of their bag. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. So like each player gets a deck of uh, like one to six. Um, you've got multiples of like say one, two, three couple of fours, a couple of fives, and one six. You have a king card, two archers, and a shield. And so you're building five different piles, and you go turn by turn, reveal, like attacking that person's decks without knowing what's there. Um, higher values will beat lower values. Shields will block an attack, and an archer can straight up kill anyone but has no defense. Um, and you're basically just trying to whittle down someone's pile until you find the king, and if you beat them, you win. Cool. Um, it's really fun, really quick, and yes, yeah, it's a good time. I think my game is better. Drunk. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Any any game that you have to announce uh, the name of the game before you start is always a win. You know it's going to be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was the start of our 2016. Um, but thinking back, uh, this we're doing a very special podcast. We are going to be discussing our g- games of the year, our top fives, our honourable mentions... And games that we weren't particularly too impressed or enthused about. Uh, how do we want to start this, guys? Do we just want to rattle off uh, one? everyone's one? No, no, we're going to finish with the run. That's the big Count cliffhanger. Down. Who's going to get number yeah. one? All right, all right. Sorry. So, so uh, New Year's, I counted up. So I went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten. No. ten so. And then you just confuse everyone. <laughs> Everyone's, yeah, yeah. I hear that if you do that, it actually goes. You jump backwards a year instead yeah, of going to the next year. year it is now. It go. It turns twenty fourteen. <laughs> Very good. Um, <laughs> to be fair, like I didn't actually uh, label which of mine is like m- my number one. So all of mine are number ones. That's alright. Uh, I I view all video games equal. I don't take preferences like you guys. <laughs> I'm I'm a bit more biased. <laughs> Unbiased, rather. Well, you have runners-up, so you actually do take preferences, in fact. How dare you? Oh, shots fired. (laughs) Shots fired in 2016. That's right. (laughs) Do you want to take it away, Mr. Jace? Yeah, sure. Well, let's let's talk about our runners-up first. Let's just go around the table. Fantastic. See what, we just didn't quite make the list, but we liked them a lot. I guess I'll start with mine. I really liked a little game called Lara Croft Go!, that's one. Is that uh. how you say it? Lara Croft go. Lara Croft go. <laughs> yeah, that's how I would say it. Oh no, I'd say it like I'm like I'm telling her to leave. Like you just said something really offensive. Lara Croft <laughs> go. Just go. Yeah, that's it's super pretty. It's very well designed. There's all these enemies in there that behave differently, and uh, you kind of 
the levels are built around them interacting with each other and you have to solve those kind of puzzles with that. It's I like it a lot. It's been a good train game. What were you going to say, Joe? Yeah, well, it's like a, it's a similar... This is, yeah, they did a Hitman game as well. Yeah, and yeah. they do a pretty good yeah. job of taking a, taking you know big kind of games like that and simmering them down into these little node-based puzzle games yeah, that kind of abstract do concepts. capture... Yeah, and they managed to capture a lot of the feel of the original games too, which is mm. pretty cool. Okay, and my other runners-up, I've got a few here. My second one is The Beginner's Guide, mm. which we are... Uh, hey, I've as heard a game. that. Yeah, <laughs> we, we talked about that game a bit, or you guys did, and left me out with all my jokes. <laughs> we thought it'd be funny. <laughs> Play a little prank on me, let's record when Jace yeah. isn't around. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a game by Davey Reed, and I think it's a really cool, just, narrative experience, and it's... it's in. I think it's important it exists because you don't you haven't seen those many kind of narratives around games where it's sort of very uh, meta and about you know the kind of tension that comes with wanting to have your game out there in the world and wanting to keep it to yourself you know that kind or, of thing or just cool. uncomfortably personal mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was a good time speaking of uncomfortably personal another game on my runners up is plug and play have anyone has has anyone heard of this? As in, as in, like the things that you just plug in. <laughs> no, the TV, like the <laughs> no. I didn't play Miss Pac-Man on my television, Joey. Yeah, this okay. little tiny arcade stick. No, it's a little uh, independent game, a little tiny uh, sort of art game. It goes for about ten minutes. It's drawn by Michael Fry and coded by Mario von Rickenbach, and uh, it's sort of it's about these pl- naked men. Uh, which I'm into. Start, good yeah. start. And they've got plugs for heads, like that you plug into walls, and they plug into each other, and they plug into their each other's butts, and they run around. It's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it sounds funny, and it is, uh, but it actually right. relate. It sort of relates to the nature of relationships and the longing for having a connection with someone in a way that. I've never really seen that often before in games. At so least is, that, is there only, way. like, a few dudes? Or do you have, like, a whole big pile of um, jiggling you dudes? You go through different sequences when you press a button. And uh, sometimes there's two dudes. And sometimes there's many dudes. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> there's just a couple fingers. <laughs> it's, it's just a really... Right. It's a wonder, it's, I liked it a lot. It's like two bucks or something. You should go that pick it up great. if you like men with plug heads. And uh, my last game, which isn't, it's not as funny as Plug and Play, it's very serious. It's called Freshman Year, which is a little game uh, made with Flixel. It's, it's almost like a little twine game. Uh, it's by Nina Freeman, who also made Sybil, which came out on Steam, if you've seen that game. Uh, and it was illustrated by Laura Neltzer. And uh, sort of uh, similarly to Sybil, it's a narrative game that depicts a really honest experience of, of being sexually harassed. Which in, when I was playing it, and I'm never really like scared of any games, not even horror games, but the game's only five minutes, and there's a scene, like a sequence in that, that felt really scary to me. And uh, mm. I think it's like... Kind of cool. Kind of like the beginner's guide and, and stuff like that. I think it's a really great development that you're seeing more and more games explore sort of wide-ranging topics and themes, and I, I thought this was a good example of this. Yeah, well, it's nice to see that people are approaching, you know, issues and topics like that, and it just kind of helps, you know, make, I guess, the industry in video games a bit more, uh, like, like literature and proper, like, media, um, and it, I'm excited to see where all this kind of stuff and ha- goes next, because it's becoming more prevalent now, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll be seeing a lot more of these kind of experiences like in 2016 and the years to come, I think. Exciting times. Yeah, yeah. So those are my runners up. I was just going to say, like, I was making fun of Joey before for, like, not wanting to order his, but, like, it's when games have become so diverse like that, it's really hard Mm. to compare something like that to... Yeah, it is hard. You know... That's why I stress that these are, like, subjective lists. Like, these are just what we personally think that we enjoyed the most, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't matter if they're big or small. Who's next? Who wants to? Who wants to rattle off their next? I liked. I liked Resident Evil Revelations too. I got it. On yeah, cool. You the... talked about that quite a bit, huh? Yeah. Well, it's one of the few games that I've had to play on PS4. Yeah, that's the episodic and it's one. Good. Yeah, it is. I got it after all the episodes already came out. Mm. Yeah, I haven't actually heard much about that game really. This is kind of. It's small. Resident Evil kind of thing. It's like, yeah. it's kind of split in the difference between like five and four or something maybe because you've got you can you're still doing co-op, but one of your characters is like mostly like one of your characters doesn't have any guns. Um, it's got to be pretty stressful. I mean, like that would you know really make tension high at some points, right? Yeah, it does because there's parts and you know where you have to split up and then catch up back later i don't know there's not really there's not really anything that interesting to say to it they've got a funny like in the story everyone has these little bracelets on them that if they get too scared then the virus inside them activates and they turn into chainsaw man Mm. all right and so the like the bracelet has is like green if they're calm and then it goes like up to red if uh, they're really spooked and then the color on your like the light bar on the PS4 controller awesome. changes colour as well Weird. based on how much damage you've got I really like that as a box quote Just there's not actually that much <laughs> interesting to say about it <laughs> <laughs> it's good like one of the I played a lot of the raid mode and it's got a lot of interactive enemies they've got fun weak points and stuff there's guys that are kind of like like a because just a standard first person shooter enemy is pretty boring because it's just you just shoot them somewhere and then that's it you probably kill them faster if you shoot their head but in this game we've got dudes who are like uh like a scratch card where you've got to like blast all this like gross like skin off their different <laughs> limbs to find out where their oh, weak cool. point is and stuff okay. like that so that's pretty fun so, like, I know we, we've talked about it before, but uh, does it really kind of make it... Fit? Like, the Resident Evil 5, I think it was, that whole, like, uh, swamp part where you're in the hovercraft and stuff, is it a lot of stuff like that? No. <laughs> oh, man, none of that Indiana Jones Explorer stuff. Yeah, that 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 was the best part. Uh, it's got... Like, it's got guns and stuff, but it hasn't got, it hasn't got the same, like, scrambling for gems and stuff and escaping right, just okay. in time. It seems like a Resident Evil game, <laughs> pretty much. Yes, yes, it's one it of is. Those. Which is, it's not necessarily. A bad no, of course thing. not. Yeah. It's, it's like a, a it's like quantity. a, it's a, it's a smaller one. They've not got, you know, it's it's an in betweeny, uh, off number one before they so it, probably do some big stuff with seven. If or it's in between, you could call it a Jill sandwich, guys, <laughs> guys. <laughs> 
Resident <laughs> Evil. Thank you. No problem. So, is it a bit, is it a bit more like, uh, I guess, more like the originals where it's a bit slower paced and, um, you know, things pop out and, you know, zombies, zombies, zombies? Or is it yes, yeah, it's cool. mostly pretty linear. <laughs> I haven't played that. <laughs> so, can I go? I've enjoyed it. Mostly what I've just done is yeah, been cool. playing raid mode, which is just mm. like, they've, they've got like 10 different maps, and then you go in and then you shoot a bunch of like lizard men in the face. Awesome. Oh All right, man, cool. are they talking about government conspiracies? 100%. Whoa. It's just straightforward, you get your guns, you go shoot some dudes... You unlock some skills where you have a bottle that you throw and then everyone gets electrocuted. It's good. Hmm. Neat, neat. What else we got? Soccer to me, Kevin. I don't have anything else. Alright. runner up. Um, yeah, I'll go. Uh, yeah, sure. So, I, I got, um, I've got four on there. I'll keep them short and sweet. Um, my honourable mentions go to Ark Survival Evolved um, as far as like survival games go this game is a ton of fun i sunk like 400 hours or so into it um there's a lot of hours yeah for a survival game where there's not really that much to do um i don't know it's really fun and you get you know being able to tame your dinosaurs and everything adds in this like there's this real like value to everything in the world that makes when you when you lose something just so much more soul-wrenching and crippling because you've named your dinosaurs, you've personified them, you've made them your own. Um, and yeah, just being able to explore the landscapes and interact with different you know, elements like that, really fun. Um, and in term, it is early access, but in terms of early access goes, these guys are pushing out updates every week. You know, one week you'll have a small one, which is just hot fix, and a couple of weeks later, you'll get one that's two gigs that adds in new dinosaurs, new tools, new biomes, etc., etc. So it's a really fun time. What are those flying dinosaurs called? Flo- what are they called? Can you fly those in, in Ark? Uh, you can fly Pteranodons, and you can fly Argentavises. And there is another big one which you can build a base on now. Wow. Oh, you can yeah, build a base on top of a giant flying dinosaur? Pretty, well, not like a base, but you can build like little platforms so you can have <laughs> you know, like turrets on it. I believe, awesome. I haven't played it since then, but I believe it's big enough to do that. I know you can do that on a... Brontosaurus, you can build a Roman base. <laughs> right, awesome. I got to change my number one. Hold on a second. <laughs> one of so, the yeah. things I saw that that you showed me you can do is you can ride a flying dinosaur and get it to pick someone up who is just yeah. spotted running around and just fly up <laughs> into the air and drop them. It's pretty great, but they um they balanced it a little bit more now. So like, flying animals take more damage, so you have to be careful if you pick someone up with say a spear or they take three times as much damage from any sort of projectile weapon, so you got to be really careful of who you decide to pick up and drop, but yeah, it is, uh, it is pretty funny uh, picking up a non-assuming it character. Should just be a, it should just be a game about that. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, what else do we have? I chose Mega Man Legacy, uh, the Mega Man Legacy Collection. Uh, it didn't make it into my top uh, ten because, you know, all these games are already... or top five, rather. All these games are already out already, but... Being able to have a nice collection of the classical Mega Mans right there and then with, you know, bios of all the different characters, all the different enemies in, like, one location is fantastic. They've got some really fun screen adjustments that you can do. You can make your PC monitor look like an old CRT television. 
you can put like arcade bordering around it and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, really great, really fun. Small price point for um, you know a handful of games, like five or six of them. I can't really remember. So that one, that one made it on there. We got Jack Party Pack 2, uh, an absolutely fantastic game to play with a bunch of friends. Uh, one of the games that they um, have on this one is called Earwax, which we got to play mm -hmm. um, on New Year's, uh, where one character is a judge. They'll, um, a prompt is read, say, you know, uh, Kevin's best attempt at beatboxing. <laughs> um, and then everyone else picks uh, two sound files that best represent uh, that prompt, and then Kevin gets to pick who uh, is the funniest or best, uh, I guess, uh, rendition of that. also has uh, Fibbage on it, which is a hilarious little trivia game. Um, and yeah, it's got some really good ones that um, aren't in the first party pack. And lastly, Secret Ponchos. Um, I'm not really into kind of like MOBA style games. Uh, not that this is a MOBA game, but it is a top-down, uh, I guess, action game um, where you get to play a bandit from, you know, Old, old West. Um, each character's got their own special abilities, and you just duke it out in a giant arena. Um, my favorite character is the the old, like, the deserter. He's an old, like, confederate soldier. His special ability is he gets to bull charge someone and has a really strong uh, rifle and has a med pack. But, yeah, really fun game. Really amazing art style, too, and it just came out of nowhere. Um, so those guys deserve a little bit of uh, praise for that because it's absolutely fantastic. i tell you what, that's one of the like, best names for a game uh, of the Secret year. Secret Punches yeah. is really good, huh? Yeah, one of my actual favourites. It didn't make my runners-up, but I like it quite a bit. It's like an atmospheric kind of indie game. It's called Rooftop Cop. Which I think is a really good name. That sounds name. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's that. Yeah, nice one. Is that all your runners up, Joey? That's all for me, I think. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, Maxwell. All right. Well, um, so I've got Verdun here, which I've talked about on the podcast. Mm. Like a just mm -hmm. a great multiplayer first-person shooter set in World War One. You know, um. Like, not a very well-explored uh, era for mm -hmm. video games. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, I don't really have much to say about that. I'd also... I did see this... Sorry, you go. Oh, sorry, I, I did see this amazing video of just how, like, the machine gun works. You know, the old uh, Lewis guns and everything. But yeah. being able to actually set up positions and, you know, mount your machine gun and being able to suppress an entire enemy charge seems like a fantastic yeah. kind of experience and seems really fun and um, proper. Yeah, it's. I think it's the only... I think out of all the games that I've got to talk about today, like, it's the one that made me grit my teeth the most and just yeah, awesome. feel like, you know, the whole world is just blowing up around you while you're in this mud-filled puddle in the middle of no man's land just trying not yeah. to get shot. Like, I, I think it perfect. Yeah, it captures... And so often matches are just draws, and so it just captures World War One cool. so well. Um, my next, uh, it's not really about this game, but uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 came out this year. Oh. Um, by yeah. all accounts, it's a steaming pile of dog shit, but oh, it did yeah, prompt really me to kind of look at it and say, I kind of like the look of that, and I went out and uh, bought Skate 3 instead. Good job. Um, right. For basically just a pittance 
And I sunk a lot of time into that and eventually ended up buying a skateboard and breaking one of my wrists. So <laughs> thanks, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. That's pretty great. Yeah, but uh, actually, like, Skate 3 was one of my, the, the best gaming experiences I had this year. It's it was really just good. so, like, zen-like, just to nail down some tricks and do some, I don't know, some sick flips and stuff. Is uh, Spider-Man in it at all? Spider-Man is not in it. So unfortunate because he was in number three, and I have very fond memories of that. It's also, Boba Fett's in that one too. So suck it, Skate Free. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's a game that apparently I think it came out in like 2011, and apparently it still sells pretty well. They Weird. still had brand really? new copies at EB Games, and yeah, good for them. Hopefully, we'll see a resurgence. Has... Hopefully, we'll see a new Skate one day. I've heard rumblings that they're working on four. Yeah. So. That'd Nothing nice. announced yet. And then my last mention, most most of my top five games came out in the basically the fourth quarter of 20, 2015. Um, one of the big games that I played early on, it actually came out a couple of years ago, but I finally finished it, was Sleeping Dogs. And mm, cool. I did not realise how fantastic this game was until I really hit the second half. Um, really? I had it about half finished on my on my Steam account for about a year, came back to it, and then finished it in the space of about a week, and that game is fantastic. Okay, cool. Um, I believe... Yeah, sorry, go on. You go. No, so I believe that they're doing either the same developers or something. They're doing like an online MMO kind of game to do with like that whole triad uh, you know, gang stuff where you can... You can infiltrate other like players' gangs, uh, like headquarters. Uh, you can set up rackets and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, there's an open world kind of GTA-esque running around and okay. shooting ups and all that kind of stuff. I'll probably never touch that, but... Um, yeah, no, compared to I, the played single the, I played the beta, it was weird. Yeah, the thing I loved about that game was just that the, the story just pulled off what it was doing so well. Yeah. It was such a compelling nice. crime story and about sort of like... Uh, you know, two worlds pulling the same character in two different directions in in a way that like worked well story wise, but was also reflected mechanically, and in a way that they in the end didn't make you choose between being a cop and being a criminal in any nice. sort of substantive like Bioware sort of mechanical way. Choose the red or the blue op dialogue option. Instead, they kind of just leave it up to you to sort of interpret where you might have ended up. Oh, cool. That's an interesting way to do it. Yeah. And so... Course, yeah, I, that's really kind of like a nice way. Yeah, I think that'll probably bring us to the main event, right? Ding, ding. Round one. Number, Number five. five. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to start us off? Yeah, you go first. We're All right. in this order. Sure. Yeah. I'm not used All to right, going fine. first. Usually I go last. So I'm like, oh, look at me. I'm in charge. <laughs> All right. Project, uh, number five, uh, is, uh, Project Mirai DX, which is a game, right. uh, with Hatsune Miku in it. She's a little robot girl who sings mm-hmm. to me and makes me feel less lonely. Aww. Um, no, well, just, I've always had a lot of trouble, uh, with rhythm games. I tend to get really frustrated whenever I play them. Yeah, sure. And I never feel like I get good enough at them to advance really far in them. Uh, but this game, which is a rhythm game, has had 
it had a really smooth progression, which kind of eased me into getting better and better at hitting the buttons uh, to the rhythm as I played every day until cool. I felt like like really cool, like I was playing on expert and like hitting the buttons like crazy. Like I felt like a DDR like guy <laughs> moving around like a madman. And uh, it's also a really good introduction into sort of Vocaloid music, and it gave me an appreciation for how gosh darn catchy a lot of that stuff is. I really yeah, liked sure. it. It's one. It's the one game I played pretty much throughout the whole, almost the whole year. It came out uh, in the latter half of the year, but I've been playing it like daily. It's it's a lot What's of fun. What's it? What consoles? It's on the 3DS. Oh, nice one. Yeah. So do you feel like after this you can tackle the new Guitar Hero? Uh, no. <laughs> it doesn't have cute robot Japanese girls singing to me about how much they love me. How am I meant to enjoy it? But um, uh, it's funny. The only part of Project Mirai I don't love all that much is that it's got these elements of like a, a dating sim where you can just... It's it's really creepy, actually. They're these little like chibi, like huge heads, tiny bodies. And you can give them food, but it doesn't make them love you more. It just gives you the sequence where you watch for five minutes as they eat the food. And you're just watching them. <laughs> move the camera angle what? and just look at the meat. And also, uh, the game has like an alarm clock feature where they wake you up. But it doesn't work if you close the DS. So you have to leave it open all night. And I did that once and it almost melted my DS. <laughs> like, I, it was so hot, like it hurt to touch it. So don't use that feature. It's a trap. Wow. Intense. But I like that game. It's a fun time. Yeah, cool. Nice little rhythm game. Mm-hmm. I like it. Me too. Cool. How about you, Mr. Stott? Uh, my number five is Lifeline, the iOS and also uh, Apple Watch game, I think, as well, <laughs> where you uh, it's basically just a choose-your-own-adventure, but the kind of thematic theming of it is you're in contact with a little spaceman who's lost in space, and he needs oh. your he needs your help to to get through. So he's asking you questions about his survival, like uh, it's gonna get really cold on this planet. Should I sleep near the engines? Uh, they're giving off radiation. I can tell you this is how much radiation they're giving off. Is it worth it for me to do it? You'd go and you'd do a little research. That that one's the best one because you have to like, look up real world stuff to figure out if it's you think it'll be good neat. or not. But, uh, and then the rest of it, you're just kind of making decisions about uh, his, like, getting tight. Like, is going up the mountain because there's a spire up there. Should I keep going? I'm really, really tired. Uh, and then there's, uh, it gets to a good climax. You have some fun action and, uh, it goes up. I mean, one, one of the, the other key thing about it that, uh, makes it different from just a standard kind of choose your own adventure thing is that he carries out his tasks in real time. So if you tell him like, okay, I'm going to go up here for like an hour and then I'll uh, contact you again, then he'll be gone for an hour and then I'll tell you when when he's got there, which makes it feel like it's, uh, it makes the connection very real and you feel like it's uh, it's a real deal thing. That's really neat. So what was that called? Lifeline. Yeah. All right. They made a, I think they, they, they stole the concept for um, a movie tie-in for The Martian. Yeah, they did. Oh, right. Which right. I think, I don't know if that, it seemed like that had more kind of like NASA, like information and stuff where you might be actually researching and getting stuff, but it could also just be like way worse. Yeah, right. That seems cool. I like that. Yeah, it was fun and it was cute. Yeah, nice one. Um, I 
chose uh, Helldivers, uh, which is a fun PS4 game. I believe it's out on PC now, um, where it's basically Starship Troopers, the video game. Uh, they've got a lot of that kind of xenophobic humor, um, where we are the ultimate kind of empire. We must crush our enemy, otherwise they'll destroy yeah, isn't, us. Isn't the planet called Super Earth? Yeah, it's called Super Earth. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Um, I know you were really into it, Kevin. Yeah, um, I dug it. The game, it's, they're always bringing out kind of new character classes and everything. And it's really fun playing with uh, four players. There's friendly fire. And you, yeah, just kill bugs, robots, and... Uh, cyborgs. Cyborgs. Um, pretty neat. Varying enemies. You get, like, these giant tunnel of bugs that have, like, massive armor points on them. So you need to, you know, chip away at their armor before you can, you know, take them out. Or, you know, be able to get behind them and just... Plant, you know, lay some damage into their weak spots. But on oh, the vehicles, really fun as well. You can, you know, every four players can get onto this neat uh, top-down kind of roaming death tank with one driver, and you're going around the map. And yeah, absolutely um, fantastic little game. Um, really fun and just yeah, tongue-in-cheek humor um, that nails the '80s sci- uh, sci-fi genre. All right. Um, so. I'm- my number five is a game I've talked about on here, which is Soma. Um, which, I mean, I only actually finished recently. I came back to it for the purpose of this list because, you know, I got kind of stuck at one stage and I actually had to look up a guide online sure. to figure out what... I just missed a door ages back. But um, the reason it's on here is... Firstly, not entirely not because of the gameplay. I, I didn't find that there was anything really that I liked mechanically about it, um, which I think speaks pretty well to its story, which it does tackle some pretty sort of heavy subjects that you see, um, you know, you see in like the Bioshock series, and not not the same exact subjects but you might see similar sort of things going on there but i think it handles them really well and i kind of had this realization towards the end of the game there's this bit where you i won't spoil anything but you're on this transport and you're sitting there and there's nothing to really look at but you're just having this back and forth between you and this ai that you've been carrying around with you the entire game And this back and forth goes for about probably like five minutes. And usually in games I'd be getting a bit bored by this, but I just sat there kind of like enraptured by by the sort of... It wasn't plot or anything. It was a discussion of one of the themes of uh, sort of what it means to be human and what kind of human form of human life is worth sort of saving and preserving. And, yeah, it had some stuff in it that was just really great the voice acting is a bit uh, you know a bit rough now and then (laughs) yeah but um the the visuals are great and the ending if i was judging on ending alone this would be number one like the ending was so good and it had such a like a gut punch sort of thing that no matter how far off you see this coming which you know can be pretty far it kind of just sort of nails the themes home in a way that is pretty... Like, it, it leaves you thinking about it long after you've stepped away from the monitor. 
Yeah, awesome. I remember it having these really kind of creepy uh, teaser trailers when before they announced the, any, any of that kind of stuff. And yeah, they were really kind of super neat and just a terrifying kind of like computer thing that your crew is dealing with. So um, I'm super interested in checking it out. I completely forgot about it, actually. Mm. It's a shame to hear that the, the story isn't in service of the gameplay and vice versa. Like that sort of yeah, it does, amnesia style. It does yeah, I'm wondering if maybe if I hadn't come to it straight off of playing Alien Isolation, mm. I would have been more forgiving of the um of the sort of hiding from monsters gameplay. But I feel like that's become a bit of a crutch of frictional yeah, right. games. Like they did Amnesia before that, and I don't think I think that that's something they probably need to be moving past at this stage. It was great a couple of years ago when it was new, but now sure. it's become a bit of a it just becomes frustrating, particularly when you're trying to access, you know, things that are relevant in the environment to the story that you're trying to engage with, but you can't because there's some monster roaming around the hallway trying to get you, so. Yeah, sure. Cool. Yeah, neat. Number four. Number four. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Down well. Mm, good choice. Yeah. I love Downwell. It it feels like it like it just feels great to play. Even with touch controls, I've I've beaten it several times. Um, and it's really you know as a roguelike or as a rogue light or whatever the fuck they call it, it's really multi layered. <laughs> so you don't really get bored. That's a real problem with a lot of roguelikes I've found at, uh, at least recently. Like you kind of get bored going through the same areas over and over. But uh, with Downwell, as you get better with the game, you can kind of it, it presents you you kind of discover through playing the combo system, which is when you don't touch, you kill enemies without touching the floor ever. And uh, that combo stacks up as you kill enemies and you get rewarded with monies. And uh, so that makes going through the earlier parts of the game much more fun and exciting because you can just speed through them as you get better and better and it's really satisfying to do. Yeah. Uh, I never got bored playing it, which uh, says a lot. Because I I awesome. bore of a lot of games recently, at least, <laughs> or at least a lot more traditional, uh, you know, game experiences. Uh, down well, it's fun. That's that's yeah, that's awesome. my that's the tagline for the game. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, my number. F- oh, it's start actually. Wrong one. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, my number four is Grow Home, which was uh, free on PS Plus this year, and you're a little red robot called Bud. And you're growing a big plant up into the sky to your spaceship because you need to grow. You need the seeds or something. But what what it is is you kind of this big plant. You you can procedurally grow out limbs for it. You kind of ride. You grab onto these little buds and then you can just ride them out and kind of steer them into the direction that you want to go because you're kind of you're trying to branch out to different little floating islands so you can collect stuff on them. You can you like climb up the stalk by. It's about these. It's all about kind of movement mechanics. You climb up the stalk by holding like the triggers to hold to grab with your hands, and so you're kind of going one two one two like dragging yourself up. Oh. And then later on, you get like flowers, which let you kind of float down like a parachute. And then later, you get leaves, which you can have as like a kind of glider. And that's, and then, you know, it kind of opens up and it, a lot there where you can just glide around islands and coast and, like, look out for the little energy gems that you've got to collect. 
it felt really good in uh, once you get to that stage with the movement and you have like a bit of a jetpack and then you can go into a dive and just scout around a whole area to try and uh, pick up some of the gems. Mm. Yeah, I really love awesome. the like sort of procedural walking cycle thing going on. Oh with yeah, the he's robot, got... But it's like he's drunk and he's just ambling around. Yeah, they because he's because you're going to be climbing up on such weird surfaces. Yeah. They generate all of his animations and they look really funny. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um I chose for my next one uh Warhammer End Times Vermintide. Uh I don't know about you guys, but I was a massive fan of Left 4 Dead when it first came out. Just that whole four player mayhem of just killing hordes upon hordes of enemies. Um this does the same thing, but instead of zombies and guns, you're, you know, old school Warhammer killing rat dudes with, you know, maces, swords, uh, staffs and bows and such. Um, it's a lot more gritty than the than uh, Left 4 Dead, and it's way more intense. It's the game's really, really hard, and if you don't have a decent team with you, failure is like, has a higher success rate. Um, yeah, there's nothing quite like cleaving off a, a rat's head with a giant sword. Um, there's also, the enemies are really fun as well. You've got these big rat ogres that, you know, it takes everyone's focus to try to, like, take down. And, you know, you need to be using explos- like explosives and all that kind of stuff. And if you're playing in your higher difficulties to get, like, better loot, because there is a weird semi-RPG system in it, if you're trying to get better loot... Uh, you need to be really careful of like friendly fire with you know explosions, explosives and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, really kind of fun varied enemies. Um, I'm excited to see future DLCs that they'll be bringing out, both paid and free. Um, yeah, good times. Cool. Are you a Warhammer guy, Joey? I am not. No, like I've always kind of sat and watched outside like the kind of square that is like 40k, and I've always appreciated for what it was, but I never really got into it. Um, either because I thought it was just too much of a buy or too complicated or yeah. anything like that. Um, so I never got into it. But I think the theme of it's kind of really neat. I've d- done a bit of research after, you know, the fact of playing this game and it seems really cool. Like, the universe has been... is really well thought, you know, obviously being, you know, how many years that they've had to yeah. create it. But it's just... it's really kind of dark and I like the whole... Even in the you know 40k, the whole like real gothic, mm. dark feeling to it. The Skaven are some fun dudes, some because they're they're rats. I like and I like how it sounds in uh, Vermintide. How they are, they're like it's different thematically from Left 4 Dead because they're organized in a way that zombies aren't. Yeah. Like they have little yeah, battalions sure. and they like play horns oh. and stuff when they're marching along together. Yeah, and then like you can hear them like the. The guys in the armor, I, can't, I don't know what they're called, I really can't remember. Um, but, you know, you see them, you can see, like, troops of them to their little platoons, and you can hear them yell, Company Halt, and then they'll stop, <laughs> so and cool. then they could, they'll just start coming and trying to attack you and everything like that. And Storm Vermin, that's what they're called. And that's super cool. And then you the Gutter Runners and the Packmasters and, and Globideers. And, yeah, really fun, really fun. Um, it's worth playing with a bunch of friends. Sounds great. Yep. So, for my Numero Foro, I've got Good. a little game <laughs> by a, a two-person, a core of two people in this developer called Double Damage. It's a game called Rebel Galaxy. 
Yeah. Have you guys heard of this? I sure have. Haven't. That game rules. Yes. That game, so cool. Just sell it, it to it's me. It's a. It's basically a sort of arcadey spaceship-based action yep. trading sort of game where you fly around various solar systems. You can sell things on the markets, go from like station to station, or cool. you can go mine asteroids. Um, spaceship combat. You can take out. You can take out bounties and go. You know, fight other um, really cool-looking spaceship dudes with broadsides awesome. and turrets and all this stuff. You can outfit your ship with different weapons, so you can sort of decide what kind of ship that you want to have. Do you want to have like a long-range sniper sort of ship that'll be cruising along at a distance and pounce, or do you want to have like a like a really heavily armored ship that'll come up right close and just got like punch through other ships' shields? really exhaustively like big game as well yeah. in a lot of ways yeah cool very impressive it... that it's two people yeah really yeah i'm looking at photo uh, pictures right now it looks crazy and is it co-op or single player single player oh. um okay right and 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 pictures are great but w- if you're researching it you've also got to listen to the soundtrack and then realize oh, yeah. that this is the firefly game that you forgot you wanted Mm-hmm. Like really, jingle this... jangle guitar, slide guitar kind of shit. It's oh great. yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Also, if you don't care for the music, you can put your own music in it. Exactly. And even use yeah. your own music yeah. like cues. So like, if you start like a spaceship encounter, you can start a particular song for that. So if you want to blow up someone cool. to the curb your enthusiasm theme, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That sounds great. I'd totally be into that. Yeah. No. It is. It's. It's just a lot of fun. I yeah, I really like that that soundtrack and that feel. It also it also sort of bleeds over into a bit of like StarCraft style space trucking Terran sort of things. Yeah. And and the spaceships all look great and there's a, there's like a lot to dig into there. There's a single player campaign as well. Uh full on voice acting that um aliens look great and they sound even better. They're all oh, speaking fantastic. different languages and stuff. It's great. Um yeah, and, and also uh, it's very cheap. It's yeah. I'm putting that on my wish list right now. Yeah. Number three. Cool. Number three. 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 Number three. 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 What, what was that? <laughs> that was a noise. Oh, it most definitely wasn't. That noise. was a number three noise. That was the that noise that g- means <laughs> it's number three. That's how you know it's number three, three, three. Three. I chose a game. Called We Know the Devil, um, which is a visual novel. It uh, was written by AVB. EVB? I'm sorry if I get that wrong. Uh, art and creative direction by Mia Swartz and music by Alec Lambert, which it's kind of a horror game. And the soundtrack is like this fantastic, like John Carpenter esque synth oh, awesome. terror. Neat. It's the best. Uh, it's a visual novel uh, game about uh, three queer magical girls at Jesus Summer Camp. Uh, who are in the cabin in the woods and awaiting their deaths at the hands of Satan. Uh, but it, <laughs> which is a okay. great premise. But uh, it's also a super duper, uh, you know, honest and sort of realistic depiction of what it's like to sort of be young and be a bit silly and try to cope and deal with flaws that you know you have and, and learning that it's okay and you can overcome them together as a team. But it doesn't sound that... Like, it's... The way it's written is, is really clever because... Uh, AVB manages to communicate these themes without it ever getting sort of corny or heavy-handed like a lot of games tend to do, sort of get after-school special about it. 
uh, it's probably my favourite writing of the year or the best written game of the year and uh, I think it's super impressive. I really enjoyed it a lot. More people should play it. It only costs six 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 dollars. Six dollars. That's really cents, funny. Which is great. Is that on purpose? Yes. That's so great. Yeah. It's the it's a really great game. I liked it a lot. Yeah, awesome. That sounds pretty funny. Mm. Stop. My number three, uh, Shovel Knight Plague of Shadows. Which is kind of an expansion, but I think it's got enough stuff in it to, to be its own thing. It's uh as part of the Kickstarter for Shovel Knight, they were going to make three additional campaigns where you can play through as the boss characters uh, from uh, the base game. And this one, you play as Plague Knight, who's a little Plague Doctor-looking guy. He's got bombs and stuff. Really authentically, kind of... They made it feel like you're playing as that guy from the boss fight. And it kind of kept it very it felt believable as a kind of ness movement system as well where you have a like to to get a high jump you're holding down a button to charge like a burst and then there's also systems on top of that where you can kind of swap out uh the abilities and what kind of bombs you're going to have change what their explosions are change how high you throw them and stuff like that and it's also got a like cute little B story where Plague Knight is uh, in love with this girl, and then he has to learn how to dance. And he goes, oh, he oh, learns, that yeah, he learns, he learns uh, from the the uh, the like potion bounce mini game yeah, girl yeah, yeah. under the town. And so then he goes and he learns, uh, he learns how to dance from that fish guy, the Truffle King. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, after that, you can just hold down, and he'll practice dancing. That's <laughs> but neat. if you go down to uh, if you go down to his secret base underneath the town, which he's got this extremely this huge expansive secret base <laughs> where you get all your like upgrades and stuff from, if you go and try to uh, do the uh, dancing in front of her, he's too shy, and he oh. just kind of kind of puts his legs together and is like twiddling <laughs> with his fingers. <laughs> It's really adorable. Yeah, Vercute uh, shows does a lot of cool things with the world, reuses the characters in a good way, and reuses all the all the levels and the whole game in a good way. Yeah, cool. Does it? I don't know. Like, what's his? It, you know, because obviously Shovel Knight is you know the hero in all terms and purposes, like you know sense of purposes of the actual game. Does it set him up? You know, in, a, in like a cool story and make him kind of. I guess an anti-hero is what, like... Yeah, it does. He kind of... He makes... He, like, he kind of sets out as a villain because you're going... The reason that he's fighting all of the the bosses is to get ingredients to make the perfect potion, which is going to make him omnipotent. But uh, in the end, he kind of... He has some realizations and he makes some choices where... uh, He... Yeah, he becomes a kind of anti-hero. It's weird because it's... Like it doesn't, it doesn't strictly happen, and they like have said that they're not, they're not sure, but it doesn't kind of strictly happen in the same world that Shovel Knight story right. does, but it's kind of, it's just kind of similar. It's just, it's strange. Sounds like fun. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Uh, what have I go? I went for one of the big AAA boys. Um, I chose Bloodborne. Um, <gasps> Yeah, I I was starting to get a little bit uh, tired, I guess, 
for lack of a better term, of, of, of those kind of Souls games. Um, maybe it's because, you know, the creator kind of departed after, you know, the first couple. Um, but he, you know, returned and made Bloodborne a really refreshing, uh, brutal uh, action game. Uh, yeah, I don't think it really needs any introduction or anything like that. I just like the fact that it it just completely flipped that kind of genre on its head, made it fast-paced, made it less defensive, and really rewarded you for just attacking non-stop. Um, but having said that, it still requires you to think about your enemies, to think about what they're going to do and how you know you need to interact with them. But just this time, you're not behind your shield while you're watching it. You know, you're constantly darting around and scrambling for your life. So yeah, fantastic, uh, dark, brutal, and amazing. It's got a very neat uh, kind of theme that we that you don't see a lot of games about. Where you've got like giant disease-ridden crows that you're fighting, and yeah, yeah. Stuff like the like whole that. world, the whole world revolves around like blood. Uh, blood was used as like a medicine. It was used, you know, in like a day-to-day life, but it also made you, you know, you're using this beast blood that's, you know, it, I don't know it's, it came from like this kind of like eldritch kind of world. Um, it's corru- it corrupts you and it makes you bad the more time you use it, uh, every time you use it, but um. Yeah, it's also a medicine as well. So, yeah, fun, awesome theme, fun game. Lots of different kinds of werewolves. Yeah, there are. And different enemies as well. Like, you've got your beasts, and then you've got these eldritch beings that are really gross and terrifying. Not to mention all the weapons look fucking cool. The weapons are great. And, like, the fact that you can just... You can transform it into a weapon that has a very different skill set and moveset and forces you to learn how to use them then. Uh, yeah, really good. Which makes me really hopeful about the new Dark Souls because they're taking a bit more of a, an approach to their weapons like that. You know, you've got different stances that you can use your weapon in um, and vastly changes gameplay. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Bloodborne, probably uh, best top hats of 2015. Definitely. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Definitely. Sorry, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, but... <laughs> got to choose these things. Oh, I, I, in all seriousness, I would say like that. Out of all the games this year that came out exclusively for the PS4, that was the one that made me kind of wish I still had one. But yeah, right. Because <laughs> people, yeah, no, people were talking about that game so much. Oh, and apparently, yeah, like with the new DLC, it's it's new weapons, new campaign, and it's supposed to be yeah refreshing again supposed to be really really good so i still think it's really bizarre that the the souls games and stuff like that got really popular because those games always seemed for a long time like they were very niche Mm. sort of yeah exactly got huge and i feel like we're living in like a bizarro universe where everything is wrong (laughs) well i think it's just because people were longing for like this really kind of hard action game Mm. that's not just all cut scenes and qtes and everything like that you know it's it requires a real skill to play it and um yeah and i think it's a very they're very community-based games as well like a lot of people talking like oh man maybe we should uh, how do we beat this boss or something like that and there's yeah, a secret here or which yeah is really and fun. yeah that, that's the thing it really encourages you to like that that experience where you find something really cool and you're like hey check out my character i found this and you know yeah, I love those type of games, yeah. and they nailed it. I, they I did it really well. Just bought um, Dark Souls One in the Steam sale. The yeah, whole... Dark Souls One's a very good time. Um, it you, it kind of started losing me in Dark Souls Two. Uh, yeah. It just wasn't 
it wasn't the levels weren't as well designed um, and just didn't have the same kind of feel as Demon or Dark Souls. The main the main disappointment about buying it now it looks great. I've only played about uh, probably about half an hour, but is that I'm not. You know, everyone's finished talking about that. It's been discussed. Yeah, sure. I'm sure there's still conversations going on in in corners of the internet somewhere, but like the the main oh. the main bulk of the conversation has happened years ago. You know, I if you look back to, I think it was about March when Bloodborne came out. Like everyone, yeah. there was everybody was talking about this game nonstop. Yeah. Everybody, and it wasn't just let's talk about what's good or what's bad about this game. It's like, let's discuss the mysteries. How does yeah, let's try and understand or... how it actually works. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what is insight? Mm. That sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Well, no one's well, discussing you know, Dark Souls. They're all discussing Twitch plays Dark Souls now. All the best <laughs> Well, hopefully you'll need to get on, jump onto the Dark Souls 3 bandwagon when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, hopefully I'll I'll pick up on Dark Souls 1 and... See how I go with three. Yeah, it's, it seems like the best way to play those games is to kind of be in the eye of the storm there. Where yeah, and also, it. if you go into it blind, you know, you don't have to rely on, like, uh, game facts or anything like that. You, you get to explore and experience the world for yourself. Mm. You know, you get to build your character the way you want him to and, and learn from your mistakes and improve on that. And the experience is so much better when you go into it with absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, totally worth doing. My number three. You might be looking for it. You might not see it. It's because it's invisible. <gasps> invisible Ink. That's a great game. Such a good game, and it's Have also you heard about this. Yeah, the latest one. It's the most recent one to get on my list. Um, and I've only played probably not quite enough of it for it to be my third favorite game of last year. But um, it's just so good. And it has right. just such a Moorish uh, quality to it. So, Invisible Ink is basically... I mean, it sort of resembles XCOM, the most recent, the Enemy Unknown mm-hmm. and Within ones. Um, but it's uh, made by Clay Entertainment, who have done... They did, like, Don't Starve and Mark of the Ninja. So, it looks oh. stylistically very confident and colourful. Um, and there's there's actually an opening cutscene at the start that's that's just stunning, and it really sets the mood for a sort of a basically what becomes a turn-based cyberpunk sort of stealth game where you're um, picking different locations around the world to go sabotage or steal um, from uh, corporations that you're sort of having this sort of insurgency against. Um, mm. it's, it's really cool. It's, um, definitely has, so like when you're playing Civilization Five and you just want one more mm. turn, it has that quality yeah, sure. just constantly where I've played awesome. probably a, a lot more than I intended to mm. just on, just on like, I just want to do this next mission so I can get this one upgrade for this agent. And then if I do this mission right now, I'll be able to, uh, go free another agent and I'll be able to add her to my ranks and it's just so great and a really good thing about it is all the levels are randomly generated so i think it has a lot of longevity to it as well i've heard of people playing like hundreds plus hours of it um and 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 it has some really great sort of stuff of like hacking safes and doors and cameras and sort of fighting against uh 
sorts of malicious uh, demons that'll try and attack your like hacking skills and it's it's just fantastic and and i think yeah, if cool. i'd played more of it it might actually have moved up my list a bit um but i was a bit reserved about putting it any higher than i did yeah right mm. is it is it com- uh, fully released or is it uh uh i'm yeah. it it's was out. in early access it's out it's okay out. Yeah. okay cool yeah it looks absolutely stunning yeah it looks you know. great for them being able to do all that cool yeah number two number yeah <laughs> that one's not as exciting as yeah it's like understated yeah no. maybe you should say it like number two 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 okay yeah yeah <laughs> i could do that come on number two 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 number two 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 my number two uh, is Super Mario Maker. And choice. It is. And I think the reason uh, this game works, you know, uh, like uh, like uh, in comparison to other level creators like Little Big Planet and stuff like that. I know they're kind of a different thing, but, you know, uh, it works. Aside from, like, the really, really, like, incredibly designed interface for designing levels, it, it's that it's like a Mario game, and everyone knows how to play Mario, so... It sort of gives you this level editor and, you know, using the familiar language of the Mario game games, it kind of gives you a jumping off point uh, to relate to. And because you already know what makes a Mario level fun in most cases, it then gives you the flexibility uh, to do whatever you want and expand upon those foundations and just make crazy shit that leads to sort of new possibilities to how the game behaves and how the player must adapt to all those situations. Uh, that are presented as a result. It's, it's plus you know it's just fun to play Mario. You know, it seems it seems like a really good tool for like game designers and level designers. Yeah. So like, how how did you you know, like I don't know how to uh, say this, but like not being a, like a level designer or a game designer yeah. or anything like that, was it accessible for you? Was it interesting? Did it really kind of make you interested in all that kind of stuff? Uh, absolutely. I've never designed levels before, but I had so much... Like, it's just fun to use the level editor. And so, like, most of my levels I've built, I start off like, okay, what would be a fun Mario level? So I start off with, okay, springs. I'll make this level center around springs. So start off, do a few easy little bits with springs, and then it gets harder as the level progresses. And you start to learn more about okay, will the player be able to understand if I put a Koopa here, you're meant to kick this block to get, you know, an item yeah, out right. of there and stuff like that. It's it, it's really, it, you're right in that it can be definitely an interesting learning tool for learning how to design levels yeah. and stuff like that. Awesome. Um, and plus, you know, being a Mario game, it's fun and you can do an infinite amount of playing Mario in this. There's, yeah, you don't cool. have to stop. And uh, yeah. I will say right now, this is from me, it is the best uh, 2D platforming Mario game since Mario World. And, uh, really? Yep. It is. That's um, fantastic. My opinion is rule. It's not. They're not going <laughs> to count it. Double blocks. I'm that's king it. and lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how's it? Um. How's it gone since it came out? Has it gotten like? Have the community? Has the community gotten better at making interesting levels? Yeah. I mean, when the game came out, it was just a lot of don't move. Here's an autoplay level, but that oh, seems right. to have been weeded out a whole lot, and it's now just more and more focused levels that are more and more fun to play and less jumbly shit. Of course, you're going to get 
a, like at least a little bit of just awful child that is five years old playing this that somehow uploaded this level. You're going to get that to some extent. But yeah. there's a lot of really fun levels out there. And they've continued to update it and support it, having a better like level browser that you can use in your, uh, in your internet, in your Google Chrome, and like bookmark levels there to play later and oh, stuff like cool. that. You can That's follow cool. creators. It's, it's just great. It's the best... I love it a lot. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of the games that I really because I don't have a Wii U or anything, but I'm I really want to pick one up just to play that game. It seems like I'd have an absolute blast and spend a lot of time just fucking around on you know lots of people's levels and really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I couldn't recommend it enough. You know, mm. so that's mine. Nicely, nicely, Kevin. Um, my number two, uh, Batman Arkham Knight. It's one of those Batman games. This time the Batmobile's in it. Uh, the kind of Batman part and the Batmobile part of it don't really gel, but it's still more Batman. He has sick new powers where you can do multiple sure. silent takedowns at once. Uh, there's a bigger city. You get to fly around more. That's it. It's good stuff. You've really sold me on this, Kevin. Wow. I'm I know. exhilarated. <laughs> the world is really cool, and I always like seeing... All those like really weird Batman villains just come to life, and really else. my only like I guess gripes with that game is the the platforming that you get in your car. That just it just didn't really work with me, and whatever I tried to do, I'd always mess it up. And yeah, well, they had feel like I was they had the bat they had they had the Batmobile, but there is not really a place for it in the design. <laughs> like yeah, Batman yeah. can already get around just by gliding everywhere, so you don't really need it. And so then they put in all this stuff that you needed the Batmobile for, and it felt like really weird. But at the same time, it's really nice being able to have all of Batman's like you know technology at your disposal, but being able to get to like one end of the city to the other in a matter of seconds because you're you've sped across one island, you've gotten to the end of that island and then you've used that jump to get out of it, which like shoots you really fast. And it that really works and that was really, really fun. It was just the Yeah, being the, able to being able to call it from anywhere and being able to like dive off a building, press a button and then you land in the Batmobile, that's great. Of course, that happens. Of course, that's what Batman can do. Yeah, yeah. And being able to, yeah, come up to to an edge or something, uh, or to between one of the breaks in the islands, and then just Batman just launching out of it. Into yeah. The air. That stuff was great. Mm. How do you feel it stacks up against the other uh, Arkham games? I like... I think it's I think it's probably second. I like Arkham like this is not the normal opinion, but I like Arkham Origins best because uh what? apparently like I what like what's what's your gripe with it? Like was it buggy or something at launch? I had no problem with that. That's that's what I that's what I heard that it had like bugs at launch and stuff. But like I like Arkham Origins because it's just simple. It's sort of it's not it's just it's a simple story. Like Arkham Asylum is very specific to the Asylum, uh, Arkham Asi- City. Asylum's gotta be number one, though. Yeah, Asylum, it's, it's my favorite. so that that world, that sort of. I mean, I don't know. I think it has a lot to do with the context in which it came out, yeah. which was everybody thought it was going to be a bit shit. But you know right. that 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 sort of whole like that the Asylum just was so well designed and so. Like, it was quite small, but I think it was so detailed and dense, and everything was so, like, new and fresh. I really liked that. 
Yeah, and it's not just that it, uh, you know, expectations it defied them, um, but uh, the combat became the thing for every game that yeah. has come out forever. Yeah, now. True. Like it's a very, it's actually fairly important. It seems like for games now because every fucking game yeah. has the punching and every Batman third bits. person action game has. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I was talking about Sleeping Dogs before, that has that exact combat. Mm. But uh, Kevin, go on. I didn't mean to cut you off about Arkham. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, like I, yeah, the Asylum was good because it was it had a lot of new stuff in it. And it was yeah. very different. It felt a little rough around the edges to me. Mm. Um, City, it was a very specific story about mm. something uh, like about Gotham, but. I really enjoyed Origins because it's just straightforward. You're just Batman. Gotham's just normal. <laughs> You're Batman yeah. doing normal Batman things. I agree with you on that one, like, 100%. I, when I first, like, finished City and I saw all the reviews, I didn't really quite understand where they were all coming from. I thought it was a really fun. Like, you know, it had the staples of all the other Batman games, but it was, yeah, like you said, it was simply Batman. You got to see the origins of everything and, you know... Fun times. Also has a great it has that great uh boss fight with um what's his name? His there his name is Slade. Oh de- uh, what's his other name? Shot. No. No, that's not it. No, no, yeah, yeah. Dead. Um Dead he's not he's he was like a he was like a he is like a DC's Deadpool. version Deadpool. of Deadpool. Yeah. But uh, that's not his name. What's his name? I'm gonna look it up right now. Huey Slade Lewis. Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, Deathstroke. <laughs> yeah, Deathstroke. Yeah, that's Death his name. Deathstroke's really that... dumb name. I'm gonna call it. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of names are really dumb names. We need a name that starts with death and then ends in something cool. Is like, a cool <laughs> like word. Metal Gear Solid, where there's that character named think... Deep Throat, which is really funny. <laughs> I still like. I still like Killgrave. Yeah, Killgrave. Killgrave is good. That just Pretty sounds good. like a standard name. Hmm. Yo, yeah, that's true. That's 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 it, how I read it as me. It, I think they they made it seem classy enough for it to just sound like some weird British name from where he's from. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, the boss fight with Deathstroke is amazing because it just uses all the same mechanics as a normal fight with a bunch of dudes, but it makes it into one fight with some one really, really tough dude. So instead of, like, one dude, you countering one dude, it'll be like, you do ten counters in a row as you're blocking his swords with your arms and stuff. I remember being that, being cripplingly hard. I was getting so frustrated because I just attempt after attempt after attempt. It got really tough later on because he starts using guns and stuff. But that, that was, uh, that boss fight, I think, really stretched out the fighting mechanics and use them in a different way and that is a way that it hasn't been used that didn't get used in Arkham Knight mm. yeah cool so essentially uh, fuck your number two game <laughs> kind of well no it's it's still it's good it's uh yeah, yeah. it's I'm... got man bad in it and man bad's sick yeah he is <laughs> like he's the best like it's a kind of little bit of spoiler but it's fine alright um Manbat's the best enemy, like, in it, because he is just kind of in the world, and it feels real. Like, a lot of these other guys, like, the, all these banks are being robbed at the same time, 
But uh, Two-Face will just wait until you turn up to actually start robbing them. <laughs> but with uh, Man-Bat, he first appears by your just grappling up a building just like any other time. And uh, But at the top, instead of just launching off, you get stopped and Man-Bat comes out and he spooks you. Oh, and, then, and then later on, like, Man-Bat's just flying around the city. And you need to use your sonar and everything. Yeah, you need to kind of you just and you just like gliding down onto him to kind of inject him and cure him. But it feels really good because it's he feels like he's part of the city. He's not something there that's waiting. It's not a mission waiting for you to activate him. He's just guess, part of the world. Yeah, I guess Firefly cool. kind of did the same thing, but like not so much like that. But you get to like a burning building, and you know. He's there, just causing, you know, mayhem and stuff. Yeah, well, they all have that... All of the kind of side quests have that kind of thing where there's, a, there's like, a visual or a, or a sound indicator so that you kind of know when you're getting close. Yeah, like, I thought it was... Yeah, one time. I played... Uh, I played the Season of Infamy DLC as well that came out really recently. All of the other DLC is, like, kind of weird self-contained adventures with Batgirl and Robin and stuff. But this yeah, one is yeah. just more, and like, like a, a Batmobile racing track based on the '80s movies. <laughs> just like what, like it's a, I guess a cool thing, but it's not what, like it's not it doesn't connect to the game in any way. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. Season of Infamy is like a, just another wheel of kind of villain side quests for you to do. They were pretty oh, good. Nice. There's you fight. Uh, there's like Mr. Freeze, and the whole world gets frozen for a little bit and you do some stuff. There's Mad Hatter who, like, shrinks you down inside a, a pop-up book and makes everything all cel-shaded and you fight some dudes. Uh, it's good. It's cool. I loved it. I, I really enjoy those games and being Batman yeah. and using all the gadgets, so it was enjoyable to do it it's again. N- it's nice to do it one last time. It seems like it'll be the last entry, perhaps. Maybe. By Rocksteady, yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'd be surprised if Warner Brothers wouldn't do another, at least something. Oh, it seems like it's some... kind of run its course, though, you know. Yeah, but if it if it makes the cash, there's yeah, no doubt true. that you know that company is going to make another one. All right. On that sad note, <laughs> uh, Joey. <laughs> so, keeping with my dark and gothic theme, uh, I my number four is or three rather uh, two no two. <laughs> two. <laughs> uh, is darkest dungeon. Darkest Dungeon is a fun, uh, I guess, how would I describe it? A roguelike turn-based strategy game. Um, it's 2D and uh, you basically, uh, you have a party of dungeon explorers who are trying to uncover the mystery of your family's estate um, by you know, exploring the bowels of this manor that has made your... Um, forefathers insane um it is got a nice little rpg system in it where you can you know pick your explorers uh skills and everything like that but the real fun thing and real cripplingly hard thing about it is characters will be permanently given diseases and perks uh and you there's a stress meter for every character if you're fighting you know a whole bunch of abominations and and beings and these ruins you can end up having a heart attack if your stress level gets too high. Um, there's points where their threshold of their stress will get so high that they'll break and affect 
everyone in the room, uh, group, and they will just flat out refuse to fight. Um, yeah, really good art style. It's yeah, that's all I can really say about it. It's fun, dark, and super super hard. If you want to have this cool kind of dungeon exploring 2D side scroller. Mm. And we should preface this by saying this game is still in early access. I believe it's coming out. No, it it isn't. I believe it is. Really? Oh no, yes, yeah, no, no, no. I was thinking of another game. Yeah, this game is still early access, but there is enough content in it to for hours of fun. Um, there's multiple bosses in it already. Um, the only things that they don't really have in it at the moment are two locations, yeah. and that's about it. Yeah. And, you know, of course they will be adding in, you know, more uh, balancing for characters um, and items and all that kind of stuff. But they recently added in a Kickstarter character, the Abomination, who has uh, his abilities. He can turn into this really, really strong character, but at the cost of giving stress to everyone else in the team. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really brutal, but um, yeah, it's really fun. Mm. Sounds great. Everyone just sees this guy and they're all like, oh man, he's stressing me out. <laughs> he's just a normal guy, right? And then you click his ability and he transforms into this gross abomination. Yeah, I mean, that is just everyone. Out. Yeah, and then everyone's <laughs> like, oh my god, what's happening? And so yeah, you have points where, you know, that happens, he transforms, and then your cleric's just like, oh god, woe is me, we're all going to die in here, and then just <laughs> refuses to just heal anyone. Oh. That's and you're like, oh my god, no, everything is fucked. So, yeah, your characters die, it's permadeath. Um, yeah, and it can be pretty heart-wrenching when, you know, you've got a really strong team of, you know, all these cool characters, and then all of a sudden they die, and you start with, you know, these shitty other characters that you have in your, back in your town. Cool. They have some really, like, fantastic boss fights as well. So I know there's this one witch that will uh, put... Every round, she'll put one of your characters in her cauldron to try to cook it. And you have to destroy the cauldron uh, to get that character out before you can start attacking her. Otherwise, he's slowly counting down to dying. Um, there's another one, the Swine Prince, where you, uh, you if you kill his little minion behind him that's buffing him and debuffing you, he gets angry and does twice the amount of damage to your characters. So it has some really fun um, encounters with bosses and characters like that. Cool. Yeah, check it out. Good times. Alright. My number two came out really early on 2015. It's Dying Light. I think it came oh, out and surprised everyone because it's it's by Techland who who've done yeah who've <laughs> done Dead Island and stuff, which I think was pretty mix had mixed receptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly the second one and um, Dying Light came out and it's quite good. I mean, it has surprised me that it's this far up on my list. Um, I think, and, and more than anything, it's a testament to how games are, become a more than a sum of their parts. Like, everything about this game is just good, but not great. Um, like, the, the setting is is interesting in that it, it's visually pretty nice looking, mm. and it's set, I don't know, they made a decision to make it set just as uh, their sort of analogue of the Olympics is about to happen there. I thought that <laughs> was awesome. I thought that was a great choice. Yeah, it's like this really interesting... I mean, unfortunately, it's probably the only thing that I really found that interesting in the setting, but mm. apart from the architecture, it looks, it looks nice, and it's nice to run across. It's sort of like 
the parkour is um, is somewhere between uh, Assassin's Creed sort of hold down a button and point the direction you want to go and um, probably more like Mirror's Edge where you're constantly involved in your movement and timing things just right. It's sort of somewhere between those in uh, complexity and how involved you are in them. And it's it's fine. It's good. <laughs> uh, the combat is pretty plain. Um, the sort of upgrade trees and the tech trees, like uh, sort of what your uh, your weapon upgrades as well as your character upgrades, are interesting. And uh, particularly important, the character upgrades don't really fall into the problem I think Dead Island had which was, you get a character upgrade point, do you want to have your blunt melee weapons do 0.5% more damage or your sharp melee weapons do 0.5%, you know, that sort of (laughs) upgrade that really feels like you'd rather just go set yourself on fire. (laughs) And altogether, it's it's just fun. And and when I was writing this up, I was kind of thinking, like, the best way I can describe it is it's my number one game this year as far as sort of just zoning out and listening to probably like a podcast or something or some Mm. music because um like the story is basically video game garbage sort of thing like (laughs) there's nothing there that's really that that will really grab most people although it apparently did grab someone at techland because there's a lot of it (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and they've got you know lines and lines of spoken dialogue about how this one person wants you to go investigate a house where there's music on. And <laughs> I, it's the first. I think it's probably the only game this year where I actively skipped cutscenes, which oh, I never wow. do. You have to really work hard to get me to um to just detest your story that much. It's kind of I don't know. It's kind of funny that that they obviously really like their story mm. but their story is go and fetch me five of these night mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> and so that's my number two wasn't dead island 2 supposed to come out last year yeah so the 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 studio that i think it got cancelled Right, okay. I think the studio is still around because they're making that um, multiplayer ship battle game called, I think it's called Dreadnought. Yep. Um, but I think they've quit developing Dead Island 2. <laughs> right, okay. It's just like, send out an announcement, we've quit. They were making a Dead Island MOBA as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were yeah, too. I got an invite. And I think to, that I one's the, I think that's shut down that. as well. Everyone got wow. like MOBA mayhem for a while. There was going to be a there's a King of Fighters MOBA as well, I believe. Really? Which is bizarre. That's so weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think 2015 there were MOBAs that were announced, went into beta access and shut down before yeah, the that, end of the that year. Yeah, several times. <laughs> How could that ever happen with a King of Fighters MOBA? Oh, no, you get King to of be Mr. Karate. Can you be Mr. Karate? I sure hope so. I want to be Mike Hagger. There was a there was a Lord of the <laughs> oh, Rings. Sorry. There was a yeah, Lord no, of the Rings MOBA that I think is gone now. There was that DC Comics MOBA that is definitely gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. true, and they had that like demon Batman guy. 
That was a pretty cool concept, all those different versions of heroes and stuff. Well, it's a weird... Like, it's the thing. That's they're not... Like, they think that because, like, League of Legends and, like, Dota is successful, that that means making a MOBA is a way to make money. But it's similar to how, like, World of Warcraft was. Like, it's... Yeah, okay. It's not... Being the same kind of game isn't what's going to do it. It's they got there first. They have everyone who's into it. Yeah. There's not... The yeah. the market isn't... Doesn't have that room for... It, it's not... It's definitely not something you can you can force. Like, you see a lot of these... Like, uh, you, you know, if you announce your shooter nowadays, you're also going to have some sort of eSports event yeah. lined up pre-release so everyone can see, like, your... You know, two teams going at it with commentary and stuff, and it's sort of like you can't you can't force this stuff. Yeah, there's that there was that Resident Evil one where there's two there's like some people playing, and it looks like this like kind of weird like kind of really slow paced shooter where you're like some tactical zombie force dudes, and they're like lying on the ground and like poking their arm out of the door to try and shoot someone down the corridor. And, but they have these commentators they've paid to just be absolutely hyped about it. Yeah. It was pretty incredible. In conclusion, Dying Light. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. It's a good game. If you, if you uh, like just not paying attention to the video game that you're playing, I shouldn't say that. It's, it's really good. Um, it's just that, you know, there's, you're probably better off listening to something else. Yeah, does it Although, have that? Does it have that Techland jank that we're all we've all come accustomed to? It's actually pretty polished and oh, everything, like inventory management and stuff. It's pretty clean. Wow. Um, I haven't really, I haven't really even experienced any bugs. To be honest. Yeah, right. That's great. I I still haven't had a chance to pick it up, so I might one day. Um, yeah. yeah. Check it out because, like, people were saying, it's. Nice little, uh, it's yeah, it's way better than the Dead Rise, uh, Dead Island games, but yeah, yeah it's, just... it's actually quite fairly large, too. I think, yeah, Steam says I've put about 30 hours in, but I think it's about yeah, 10 goodness. below that, but yeah, 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 cool. All right, drum roll, please. Number one. This is a pretty pathetic drum roll, boys. <laughs> I don't know, I don't feel good this about my it. number one either. Does anyone want to? Number one, game of the year 2015. Cyber sounds just Alright. Okay, so I guess I'm going first. So um before I start, what do you think? I mean what do you think my game of the year is? I'm starting to think it might be the same as mine. Oh no. That'll be a wonderful clash. Is it, uh, I'm just trying to look for something really strange in my Steam, uh, <laughs> library. Is it, I have nothing. It's okay. Tony Tabletop Hawk's Simulator. Pro Skater 5. Alright, well. Tabletop Simulator. It's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater V. In, yeah, in a way, so you, you're you all right. Me. You got me, guys. <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. I like to play as Lil Wayne. It's a lot of fun. Um, no, so... Uh, for for a long time, actually, Mario Maker was my actual game of the year. It's, it's, I, I call it the best 2D Mario game in over 20 years. So, you know, I struggled with this one a lot, and it was 
This game was actually my number two for a super long time, but after some inward debate, I decided to go with my gut and choose what I actually, you know, thought was my favorite game of 2015, and that's Glover for the N64. You know, <laughs> gotta love the glove. Uh, you bounce you the ball balls and do puzzles. Yep, he's got eyes. It's a lot of fun. No, You're it's, a glove. It's, it's, um, it's Undertale. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, like, I suppose everyone is probably pretty sick of, of hearing about this oh, game. Right. So I'll, I promise I'll try to be brief. Has anyone here finished it? No, not yet. I know the I end. Got, I think I got really close to the end, but I just never went back to it. Hmm. All right, so there's going to be... Yeah, I'll try not to be specific, because not everyone has finished here. But I'll, there'll be a couple of little, like, little tiny spoilers, a little t- yeah. tiny things about the ending, but not too much. You'll still be able to play it and enjoy it. It's only a couple hours long, so if you want to play it, and you know, finish it. it's worth it. But uh, I guess a lot of people uh, have argued that Undertale does not make the best first impression. In fact, Max was talking about mm-hmm. that yesterday. And that's because it kind of starts slow, and other than the introduction of the unique kind of bullet hell battle system, it's fairly traditional, um, but I actually really like the introduction. It sort of established the tone of the game, and uh, it's the thing that makes it, uh, the latter half of that game all the more sort of surprising. And I won't go through the whole part a lot, because the game's short, and you can just play it, but for the most sure. for most of the game, you're given all these just little moments where you're interacting with the, the game's characters and the game's world of which the characters are really likable and super funny. In fact, Undertale is probably, like, one of maybe two games I've actually laughed out super loud at, and, uh, yeah. like, multiple times. And because of these interactions with these characters, you kind of grow to just really, really like them. And uh, there's a sequence... Uh, th- th- yeah, there's, in fact, a sequence where you date a skeleton, and he... Uh, <laughs> it's really fun, and he rejects you. But I'm I'm still bummed he rejected me because I liked him. <laughs> I fell I fell in love with Skeleton Man, <laughs> so that that kind of proves my point. But in in the latter half of uh, the game, uh, the game sort of contextualizes the player's action and the game in such a way that it feels like a uh, you know you the, the person playing the game has ties to these characters and, and the world the game presents you with. And therefore, it makes it feel like your actions have sort of more weight to them. So. Uh, Anyone that knows me probably knows that I'm a completionist and I do my utmost to 100% every game I play because I'm a huge bumbling idiot. And the contextualization <laughs> of the the player in the game is done in such a way that where I would usually restart the game to see all the endings, I, I, I just could, I couldn't do it. I was physically unable to do so and I still can't. Right. And that's because like, it goes without saying that um, some of the endings have you do some awful shit to the characters and, and the world. <laughs> yeah. And in any other game, I wouldn't mind doing these to see the you know alternate story, story stuff and see all the stuff that's in the game. But due to my attachment to the characters as a result of the contextualization, I just can't. I can't do it because I wouldn't do that to my friends. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this this might actually be a bit of a spoiler. I'm not sure, but I think the game actually puts up mechanical barriers so you can't see all those endings it takes into account previous choices that you've made in oh yeah yeah this games. is definitely a spoiler so anyone who hasn't played the game that's listening to this right now stop if you don't want to hear it but yeah that is maybe no. we might have to beep that out i don't know that's no, not... fine it can just it just reacts to it like it knows if you've played it before if you've played it if you play through a good ending and you go back through to try and play it it remembers that you already did the good ending yeah. don't and worry so it's Joe, like, you'll still be able to like 
yeah, okay. Yeah. That's not okay, so... It's like, yeah. why, why are you doing this? Like, are you, you, just because you could, you think you have to? Yeah. I'll, give a, I'll give a particular example, and that's, like, not, like, as, as in, in the actual story, but if you get the bad end, and you've done some mm. pretty mean shit, then if you play through the game again, and, alright, I want to get the good end, the characters will be like, no, you don't get the good ending! <laughs> you saw what you fucking did, you piece of shit! That's pretty great. Yeah, and, like, so I, I can't... I can't get the bad ending because I don't. I don't want to do it. I don't want the characters <laughs> to look at me and see this awful person. So, for it's kind of for pretty much the majority of this year, I was in a super huge slump when it came to video games, and I just grew infuriated whenever I played them. It felt like I was just seeing the same things over and over, the same mechanics, the same kinds of narratives, and I just got really bored. And I toyed with the idea of giving up playing them for a long time, but. Yeah. Undertale uh, just felt, when I played it, just felt so completely fresh. With the way it handles narrative and using that narrative uh, with the sort of responsive form of video games. And new experiences like that of uh, Undertale and like all the games on my list really are the reason. I still play games. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we need to take out. That's right. That's what you can take from all this, boys and girls. They still... I love skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, yeah, Undertale. Cool. I bet you didn't see that one coming. I threw no, a curveball at you. <laughs> yeah, I, I really thought yours might be mine, so... Mm. And we all know how there. much you love Glover, so... You know, I didn't want to have fun Number one. Kevin. Number one. My number one uh, is Helldivers, as Joey mentioned before. Wow. It's yeah, nice it's dandy. It's got it nails the theme of you know these these guys are like bad guys, but they don't know it. Uh, the choice to have like so such heavily implement kind of friendly fire because every time you're every time you want a car or like a different gun or something, you're calling it down in a drop pod, and if you're not paying attention, the drop pod will just crush you. <laughs> Uh, and so it, that's like nailing that all these soldiers are just expendable. They're just sending down new dudes all the time. It doesn't matter to them. And uh, the kind of cuteness of when you call down... Because like the, the car, like four-player driving cars are pretty late into the... When you get them in terms of like your level and stuff. And so if someone calls them down, everyone is like, all right, look. It let's all go on a fun car drive <laughs> and everyone gets in and then you drive around and you're having fun like no one no one says anything because no one's got like it's it was like a ps4 game at the start and like so not a lot of people got team speak on so just a bunch of like four strangers that's deciding you know what it would be fun it would be fun if we drove around in the car for a bit <laughs> Are people what's the community like on ps4 when you're playing that co-op just usually like people who are smart and they know what they're doing um they've got you've got like some you can say yes no uh wait and move (laughs) okay on on the buttons and so that's usually what usually for prompts usually it's people who like ask you to wait to stop for a 
like a sample or something that they want to pick up. I yeah. only saw like one dude who had TeamSpeak on it and he was being a jerk. It's like, uh, excuse me, th- we're collecting all the samples. And so then I just shot him and then left. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, that sounds like a good game to me. <laughs> eat, my, eat my freedom. <laughs> exactly. And then you left. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm sorry for stealing your thunder then. No, it's fine. It probably, if I'd played, like, Metal Gear or Fallout, it might have been those, but I just haven't. But, like, you know, it speaks volume that we both, you know, kind of got on the list. You know, it's a good game. It's worth checking out, um, especially now that it's got a PC release. Well, I've played Fallout and I've played uh, Metal Gear, and my game of the year ended up being by a man. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> one who made it. Like, it's even smaller. It's classic Jace, game. though. Yeah, yeah. I love my <laughs> men's. So, you know... Even smaller experiences are, are good. Good, yeah. good for boys and girls. Um, my number 16 is <laughs> uh, Squad. Um, now, I, again, I want to preface this with saying it is early access, but this game is probably the most uh, tangible early access game that I've had the chance of uh, playing. Um, it is more or less... You know, it's a full experience. Um, the game is a first-person tactical shooter uh it require uh, it yeah it requires have like a heavy communication between players you can't just get in there and fuck around by yourself and go on a tangent because a you're not going to have a good time and b you're going to really mess up your team the way the game works is you have a giant map uh it is a 50 man uh map uh or sorry 50 v 50 map uh each wow. team is is divided into squads. Each squad has nine slots in it. So the way it works is you jump into a squad, you choose your role. There's only you know X amount of sniper roles, X amount of rifle roles, X amount of ACOG roles, which is you know actual proper you know small optics on it, and machine gun roles and medic squad roles, uh, and a squad leader. Now the game works by having your map where there are different capture points on the map. You're, you'll get orders to capture this location here or defend this location here. Uh, the squad leader works has... Well, each character has their comms. They can use uh, area speak, so they can speak to anyone in the area and they can speak to their squad with another button. But the squad leader has another button to communicate with the other squads. So I've had some really interesting kind of uh, experiences where my squad has been like, right, we need to get to this grid, we need to assault this compound, clear it out, and help with support fire for squad one that's entering into the compound this way. And, you know, it's really fun getting your... The game works well when you've got a really good squad leader, and, you know, you get to this point, and you'd be like, right, I want everyone to pop their smoke grenades, and then once we do that, we head to the walls of the compound, throw our grenades over, and then start assaulting it. Um, The... Yeah, it, it's really fun, really fast-paced. If you're looking for if you're looking for something in between armor, which is a completely foreign beast, uh, if you're a little bit scared of, uh, I guess the how complex that game is mm-hmm. because it is a hardcore simulator. It's somewhere in between that and say something like Insurgency, which is a little bit faster-paced. Um, so it's really friendly for people that are looking for that experience, but also want to have that. Tactical communi- communication. 
they are working on, at the moment, introducing non-frontline uh, combat roles. Uh, so you'll be able to be a helicopter pilot. You'll be able to be a driver just for supply lines, bringing you know ammunition and med packs for all the medics, you know, right to the front line. That's my role. I love that stuff. Yeah, totally. Like just being able just to be a driver, just bringing and getting points for it, just by bringing ammunition and everything to characters. Fantastic. I one of the the funnest rounds that I've played was purely just being a medic. I'm not shooting at any of the you know, hostiles that I can see in front of me, I'm running to guys that have been shot, bandaging them up, healing them up, and then running back and forth, you know, it's, yeah, it's really fun, um, the game sounds in it are, like, next level as well, that I've heard people describe it that have had, you know, military experience saying it's the closest, the closest, like, aesthetic and sound that they've actually heard that that's a real combat. Wow. It's, it's pretty full on, it's terrifying, you know, hearing... Trace of uh, seeing trace of fire go by your here and hearing shots pop off and everything, it's really good. It's fun and their their next big uh, big updates introducing all their vehicles. You'll have Humvees and all that kind of stuff. The only bad thing that I have to say about it is that it has a very high price point for an early access game. I think it ran me uh, forty or so dollars. Oh wow! Mm. So it's really big, but you know these guys, I have no problem with it because these guys are a bunch of modders that have just decided to make a video game and it's a video game that feels like an actual package. You could play it now without having anything else. Um, They'll be releasing modding tools as well, like this is the game modding tools. I believe they're going to be releasing it for free and that's why there is such a high price point. Um, So yeah, it'd be really interesting to see the kind of like content creation that comes out for it. So if you're looking for a first person shooter that is less arcadey than CSGO, is in the similar kind of realms as Battlefield, as it was born from a Battlefield mod, but isn't as complex as Armor. Totally check out this game. It, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and yeah, make sure you have a microphone because it's impossible to play um, if you're not communicating with your actual team. Excellent. Good game. Um, all right, Max. Bring it, bring it home. <laughs> Yeah, my definitive game of the year for everyone trumps all other opinions. Yeah, this is what this he's deciding what everyone's favorite game is right now. Oh no! Yep, yep, yep. I have. I should preface this by saying that I feel like in my list there's an ongoing theme where there's a sort of conflict between, or a friction at least between story and world, and atmosphere, Mm. and actual gameplay, and I think my number one kind of decides where that ends up, which is it's it's gameplay. So, uh, with that in mind, Metal Gear Solid V is the best game that came out last year. How dare you say that about its intricate storyline? The story is just <laughs> the biggest cock-up I've seen in anything in a while. I mean, it's... So loose it's as well. Just, like... Yeah, and the structure is so just oblong <laughs> and misshapen and just weird. Wait, Jace, are you, are you attacking... Are you defending the story of Metal Gear Solid while before you were attacking the story of Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> This is man, Metal Gear Solid. You, you got an eye patch and you, you stop robots. Metal gearing. 
It's I good. Feel like I, considering, considering like you know the other games had this really cinematic storyline that was kind of like reminiscent to a really dumb, goofy, or not dumb, but like a really kind of like eighties esque movie, spy movie, and all that kind of stuff. This one was just like it was. It wasn't as uh, linear in like the you know, narrative and storytelling. It was really loose. Yeah. Like, it's because you tell your really own story, man. No, no, I don't, I, don't have a prob- <laughs> I don't have a problem with that at all. Like, I, you know, that's really cool. But um, I would have liked to seen those like you know Metal Gear Solid three moments. Listen, you know, I'll yeah. tell you about my story in Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. I got off my horse and then crouched under it, and then I said, "Do it." And then the horse pooped all over my face. You know, you know, you can the the horse poop uh, does make enemy vehicles slide off. It's true uh, when they run over it. It's pretty fantastic, yeah, and, and that's where the actual gameplay comes in, isn't it, Max? Because it's just so flexible it's and so much things fun. like yeah. that, and it's just discovering things. And sort of more than any other game, you can have moments where you kind of think. I hope this interaction between these two different elements works and pulls off in the way that I imagine it will. Yeah. And most games, you wouldn't experience... It wouldn't say yes to that. But in yeah. this game, every single time, you know, it was like being given a gift by Mr. Kojima. Like, yes, <laughs> you can do this. You can do this stupid thing of, you know getting a horse to shit on your face or you can you know just slide down this this sand dune in a cardboard box like a cat or something yeah it's just you want to take out an enemy with a supply drop sure do, do it. it why not i i really enjoyed like i can remember the moment that i figured out that well, like putting the uh the decals on your cardboard box to make uh you know the enemy troops uh, I guess fall in love with you or get stunned. Yeah, I lost it. Like that was that's that's amazing. Or you can you put like a yeah, Russian you can girl pretend to be a you can pretend to be a soldier with those stickers and 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 yeah. Or and you, they salute things, and then they come up to you and salute. It's yeah, great. just like so, things that just are so mind blowing. Like you can you can pick up a soldier and hide him in a portable loo. And then when another soldier is about to come up and check inside there, you pull out your iDroid, select the audio file of someone having a really bad time in a toilet, and then start playing that with the speakers on, and then the patrolling soldier will, like, walk away because he doesn't want to look in there. It's so good. It's just so bizarre. And, and, And it's not... It's also... Like, that, that moment-to-moment gameplay is so smooth and fluid and moving through that world is so intuitive, but it's also the the progression, the sort of meta elements of, like, you know, upgrading your tech and your base, which I should give the caveat that apparently that's all a bit screwed up right now. Yeah, um, right. There's a lot of that stuff that's been changed post-release, and I haven't gone back and looked at it. I haven't played really since, I think the online elements came out and I didn't try that at all. The online elements are really fun. I played them for a few weeks. Um, you know, like, yeah, it's really good. You've got your team-based action, you've got specific roles, and it's really fun. There's one really good uh, kind of, like, it's a ticket-based, you know, game where every time you kill someone, you get a bounty on your head, their ticket goes down on the other team. Say you've got nine, you've got nine kills on your team, and so you've reduced the other team down to, 
you know, down by nine tickets. If someone manages to stun you and Fulton's you away, that team gets those nine tickets back. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, kind of it sounds really fun. And and a lot of those like sort of the sort of mechanics like putting the um I can't remember like were they like dolls of of D dog or something out to yeah, distract yeah 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 to distract enemy soldiers and things like that like there's just so many good things to be said about that game and unfortunately they're not about the story um I think if you go back to Peace Walker or Metal Gear Solid Three. Like, those are very, like, sort of tight cinematic stories that are told yeah, at a good pace. Whereas this, because of the bites aren't, the bite chunks sort of sized, yeah. bite-sized chunks of this game, which is a great strength in terms of gameplay, it sort of messes things up uh, pace-wise. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I, like, I like the story, but, yeah, again, it's because it's so disrupted and loose. Like, you can't really... Like, I like I like listening to all the the tapes of everyone. You know, I don't have a problem with that. It's just because it was so loose and it wasn't as like it didn't flow as well as the other ones. Yeah. Not I'm not saying I ha- like hey because I I was considering putting this up as my number one as well. You know, I I think the story is fine as well. It's a really nice end to the Metal Gear franchise. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, a little loose. You just you guys are just saying this because the game's not finished yet. Four twenty nine eleven. It's coming. <laughs> the, the, the the game definitely does feel unfinished narrative wise. Like it does feel like they they have said. I think that there was a third act or something like yeah. that. There was more story content that was meant to happen. Yeah, but... yeah. And then all the fans were like theorizing that oh, it's gonna come. He's gonna come back to Konami and be like, hey guys, I'm back. It's all <laughs> been a big a big company damaging thing you... that they let me do. Just do you some... think it was because of like the the fallout that was left? Oh with, yeah, know? yes, yeah? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, but yeah, there's nothing. There was nothing quite like the music choice in that game as well was pretty outstanding. There's nothing quite like entering the battlefield, a hostile zone with Joy Division's Lovell Terrace apart, yes. blaring yeah. from the helicopter. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. and sort of thinking, um, you know, I, I really think getting picked up from my helicopter with the final countdown playing will be cool. <laughs> it's, it's remarkable how quickly you get sick of that, of hearing the final countdown every time. I could have told you that. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Um, do we want to move on to just wrapping up with our... Yeah. Talking about maybe 2016 or and sort of biggest... Sort of lessons from yeah. 2015. Yeah, let's talk about our lessons from 2015 first before we look forward. I think that's a nice way of putting biggest disappointments. Yeah, that's <laughs> way of putting it. All right. Um, yeah, look, I'd like to see you know any. I support. I guess our biggest lessons we can you know was with like early access titles because I play a lot of them. I'd like to see developers take more of a, a stance of the companies that are doing it right, so like you know, Ark and, and Squad and everything, actually giving some a, something that's a little bit more fleshed out and solid. So, like, you know, your, your game's not going to flop. You're, you're showing them that the promise is already there. Like, you've promised all these things and it's already there and now you're just adding in content rather than new mechanics, new, you know, yeah. new, you know new things and stuff like that. You know, I want to see games proactively developing and stuff like that not this kind of like oh hey we're doing this and you know it's it's not working you know like the way i'm a massive day z fan but i bought it day one you know yeah. and yeah. like i don't want to see that kind of stuff again because it 
the concept of early access is a really nice concept, and I want to see that continue to be a thing. Uh, but the way it's going, I don't think it'll be. So yeah, please, please take a page out of like the people that are doing it right, uh, and don't release your game if you can't deliver exactly what you're going to promise. Or Joey yeah. will rip your head off. I will. I will <laughs> come find you, and I will hurt you very badly. Some fun things that I saw in 2015 as I was going through the Wikipedia list was uh, the game Mushroom Man Truffle Trouble, right. which yep. which was a sequel to uh, the critically panned Mushroom Man for the Wii in like 2007. And this one so came the, out with incredible fanfare. Everyone loved it. It was every, no, everyone hated it because oh. it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow they've maintained that IP and they've thought, no, we'll give that a shot again. Everyone knows and loves Mushroom Man. <laughs> also, uh, Blade Kitten Episode 2. So Blade oh, Kitten yeah. from Chrome Studios in Australia, which shut down like three years ago. They just released uh, the first episode of this game called Blade Kitten. And right. then another one just got released. So it's like... A, Two, three years in between. Wow. I think it was about five years. It's something <laughs> insane. I guess like two dudes or something bought Chrome. Oh. It's like, okay, what can we, what, what's left here to polish up and put out? It's just so weird these games coming in like so late after the fact. Like yes. they're, if they were going to make money doing something on like, making like an indie thing on Steam or something, they had to have done it. At the time when they did the first one. Not now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, too yeah. late now. Fuck, beating a dead horse, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was really um, funny. I wanted to mention, uh, related to Kevin's number two game of the year, Arkham, Arkham Knight, I actually, I actually got that um, on PC. <laughs> ironically, I didn't actually buy it. I ironically got it free with my graphics card, which oh, wow. does not run nice. as well. Yeah, here's oh, right. this broken game. <laughs> I, I just wish that in 2016 um, we could see more game ports come from the console that will work on PC and not a debacle sure. like that, which is just yeah, still yeah, not yeah. fixed. I've still, I've tried to play it. I can't yeah. get a refund for it because I got it for free. So <laughs> I checked. Um, yeah, so I'd like it's to just a, It's a byproduct of games being too big and like budgets getting blown out so big that they just don't, like the game's too big. They were coming too big to port. Yeah, yeah it's also that um, it was basically handed off by um, Warner Brothers and Rocksteady to a pretty yeah. small studio. Yeah, had. Iron Galaxy did it, I believe. Yeah. Well, they like, were involved in it to some they, aspect. They yeah, did not have they a like, long time to do it. And, like, Rocksteady's, been, no. Rocksteady's been working on it for five years or something. They just wanted they're done. <laughs> they're sick of it. But yeah. it's so incredible to me that like Warner Brothers, after like it not being on sale, they put it back on sale and they don't fix it. They just say, well, we couldn't. Sorry. <laughs> every, yeah, like, I keep getting no. patches from them on Steam, but I, every now and then I'll open it up again and it still doesn't quite work. And that's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame because it's, yeah, it's a game that I'd really like to play. I've enjoyed those other Arkham games. The other thing is um, just a lesson from 2016. I think we've got to remember perspective when we're thinking about the like big releases of 2016, which is, um, you know, I was joking about 
before we started recording, I was joking about um, Evolve and Battlefield Hardline, these games that when I was compiling my, my list for that we were going to talk about, I realized that I played these games this year and I kind of forgot about them. Mm. And it's like the, the games that we're looking forward to for this year, um, a lot of them probably aren't going to seem that important by the time we're talking about them this time next year. Yeah, yeah. And, and and there are probably a lot of games, like, you know, if you think of... A lot of people are talking about games like Her Story and Life's, Life is Strange that we yeah. didn't even know about, you know, at the, the turn of 2014 or... to 2015. Like, there's so many games that we don't even know we're going to love yet, which is, which is really awesome. And I just can't wait to see, you know, E3 this year and just see them top what was awesome last year. Yeah. I'm excited for in 2016 for uh, no one to, like, for everyone to release their VR headsets and yeah. for absolutely no one to care. Oh, please don't let that happen. They're going to be so it's, cool if they do well. Yeah, if they there's do. Two, there's so many. Everyone's got one, yeah. and it is yeah. not It is not something that everyone is going to buy. Yeah, especially with the if you, you see the pricing for the um, yeah, Sony sure. one. It's just it's about as much as a PS4. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it doesn't click until you try it, and that's going to yeah, be a hard absolutely. sell and a hard thing for everyone to have to try before they go. I must have this, you know. It's also especially on the PS4, yeah, where there is an existing um, hardware uh, software for it. It's going to be about bringing out basically their Wii Sports that something that will showcase the technology and also justify it. Yeah, something that will do both of those. So you know, everyone has to have one of these. Or everyone, I really hope it does do well because I'd like to see, you know, especially affordable headsets in a couple of years that that you know we can all like get excited. I think it'll about. transition. I think it'll transition from having all the like money and crazy stuff that it has behind it now to like a weird like hobby subculture like three D printing or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Jay? One thing that I hope... Um, go ahead, Joey, first. Go on. Oh, one thing that I really want to see in 2016 is more kaijus. Straight up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about, what about a good up, Godzilla game? That would be neat, but just any any sort of kaiju I'd be happy with. Giant crab, <laughs> awesome. Giant mo- awesome. Uh, yeah, giant rock monster, awesome. But what, about, kaijus. what about an actual... I was thinking about this the other day. What about... Okay, predictions. 2016, <laughs> E3 2016, I reckon we're going to see a reboot of Destroy All Humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. I think it's time for that. Pandemic yeah, shut cool. down. <laughs> they Someone can't make will, games anymore. They've got to strike while, uh, Those games while didn't it, do well. it's in everyone's subconscious... Down. What about oh. Stubbs the Zombie? A new Stubbs the Zombie? Oh yeah, that's. Uh, oh my god, I remember. Stubbs. I remember seeing. Wasn't that like a Halo mod or something? Yes, really? yes. I remember seeing Halo print engine. ads for it in magazines when I was a kid. That's. I, I have a T-shirt that says "Gotta love the Stubbs," and I love the Stubbs. <laughs> so it's true. Oh um, boy. Uh, so my predictions: one, I really hope there's not a lot of Undertale knockoffs. 
Because can guarantee so there will well. be. Oh, totally. There's going to be. There'll fucking... be Undertale's going to be the new cave story. Oh no! Like there's going to be like happen. above story. Something <laughs> like that. Um. Uh. Oh, here's one gripe I have, and I know Joey will agree with me. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. one thing publishers shouldn't do is announce a game that everyone gets very excited about, and then they cancel it. <laughs> Rest in peace, PT. Yeah. Rest in peace, oh, Silent Hills. Silent Hills. On, on that same note, like I thought, how like we didn't know Fallout Fall Fallout Four was coming out last year until a couple of months before it came out, mm-hmm. and I'd love yeah, to true. see more of that. Yeah, exactly. Just surprise! Like hype, Here it is. You, you, the hype stays there until it comes out. Yeah, you know? it's at a fever Next, pitch right. the whole time. You know E3 about prediction. Yeah. Uh, Gabe Newell walks out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Half Life Three is cancelled. Is out today. If you it's buy out today. Steam VR. <laughs> <laughs> all your computers have. It's all. It's a hundred. It's two hundred gigs. It's already downloaded onto all your computers. If there wasn't enough space, we deleted other stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, this is what he says. He says it's out today. And I'm wearing it. And then he pulls out a watch that he's got <gasps> around his wrist. <laughs> it, it's, it augmented reality turns your life into Half-Life. Wow. What an age we live in. <laughs> 2016 is sure to bring... I can't believe that that's guaranteed to happen. <laughs> I can't wait. Have you guys got any really anticipated games for this year? Um, um, as much as, like, the, it's probably going to be really bad just like the division was i i'm sorry the destiny was i'm looking forward to the division i want to see what that brings um again i like my tactical mill sims and the fact like if i can play that with friends in a cool like mmo sure awesome that whole game seems really fun looks really fun but i was so burnt out and crushed by destiny i'm a little bit cautious but yeah i'm looking forward to it i wouldn't call it off so you know it might it still looks all right you know. Yeah, exactly. Rainbow Six know. Siege was a little bit, uh, you know, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. I'll play the new Deus Ex because I liked Human Revolution and it probably will be pretty good because I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, awesome. God, I don't even... I don't even know video games. What's even coming out next year? That's the only one I know. There's probably some, like, Twine game or something that you'll Oh, be yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be certain to play a lot of <laughs> Twine games. I <laughs> But uh, what about you, Max? I could not be more hyped for Overwatch. I love Blizzard games. Um, this cool. is this is kind of this. I'm. It's probably the only game that I'm going to pre-order because wow. you get you get bonus skins if you pay Amiga oh, twenty dollars more. Oh, wow. <laughs> you also get some stuff. I'll get some wings that I can put on my Diablo character. Some Hearthstone card backs. Very nice. That's kind of cool. I've already got my um my wallpaper is an Overwatch wallpaper. I <laughs> really like the look of that game. You're really buying into it. Yeah, I love the art style. Um, I I love just that all the cinematics look way up my alley. That I've read all the bios on the website. <laughs> That's cool. Very cool. Yeah, I is, I can't wait. I thought of my hoping, game. Yeah, go on. Firewatch looks very good. Oh, oh yes. Look good. I want to play great. that. Uh, here's hoping that Suda51 comes back. I want some more punk rock video games. Uh, 
I think Suda51 can be put away in a draw for a while. Nah, I like, <laughs> he's the punk rock of video game. I what, like did he, what did he do? You loved No More Heroes. Yeah, but he, he kind of... He kind of came with No More Heroes, and everyone in a, in like a, the West was like, "Yeah, No More Heroes, let's see more." And then he kept making the same game yeah. until it got kind of really weird with Killer Is Dead, with this kind of weirdly sexual kind of gross stuff happening. What about some more sweary games? Yes, I would like uh, Dark Dreams Don't Die Episode Two coming soon. I hope it comes out because I love sweary, even though he yeah. doesn't know how to like, make video games. I, th- I think they're two of my favorite like Japanese. Uh, producer slash designer, so I want to see more of that. Yeah, stuff. definitely. Okay, Those how about this? Suda cool. 51's Destroy All Humans. <laughs> probably give it a go. Man, Destroy All Humans, if that game didn't already exist, sounds like a Suda 51 title of a game. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a final thing for 2016, uh, hopefully Sky Pirate Studios will put out some games. Yeah. Oh, we most definitely will. Expect yeah. some. I That's just the subscribe plan. to their podcast. Ooh. I hear shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hear this Jace character doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm yeah, not kidding, I hear these no, guys did, don't like the Metal Gear Solid 5 storyline. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you, have, uh, if you have some amazing questions or you just want to tell us your, your fantastic uh, game of the years, yeah. just like us, where can you reach us, boys? You can tweet... At us at Skypirate Studio. You can also and you send can email us email. at podcastaways at skypiratestudios.com. That you can. That's all you need to do. Easy squeezy. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Review our podcast also. Yeah, review it or else. Five stars. Good listen. Um, we have a game of the week. And it's my turn. Ooh. For next week. And... I wanted oh, to address fantastic. something. I have a bone to pick with one of you. Oh no, oh. I hope it's not me. Joey. Good, bring it on. Number one, why are you so handsome? <laughs> I don't know. Number two, <laughs> sometimes. Every, every week, we always pick a game and you always say it's charming. It's always charming with Joey and Joey's charming world. I like everything. I know you do. That's He's why I'm going to pick charmed. a game that has no charm. Oh <laughs> right? no. It's like the kryptonite it. of Joey Vanderveld. Let's do it. In fact, it has no graphics at, at, at all. Because it's a twine game. Oh, okay. We're dun, going dun, to dun. play The Uncle Who Works at Nintendo. Oh, By Michael Lutz. Um, it's scary. Yeah, it's a scary, scary game. game. I'm excited. I wouldn't have played it unless you made me, but I'm excited to do it. Yes, it's, uh, you can do find it. it over at correlatedcontents.com. And I'll also link it on Facebook and, and stuff like that so we can all play it. I challenged you, Joey. I'm challenging right, you. can't say it. it's You're going to have to try and say it's charming somehow. This game is going to be charming as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> diver your way out of this shit. <laughs> all right, with all right, that. So that's on the board for next week. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you've laughed. You've cried with us. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to seeing you in, the new, uh, in this year. We're looking forward to hearing from you, to playing our games and even just seeing your beautiful faces. But with that, we need to cast away and go and do some crazy fun missions and pillaging in the skies. And we wish you a beautiful fun. See you, everybody. Have a 2016, everybody. Ahoy. (laughs) I'll buy that for a dollar. Oh, man. (laughs)